With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to part two of our interview about animal spirits and astral projection with Casey Colburn. Is that a common thing where a spirit of an animal will actually connect itself to a, a human spirit. Just as in life, there's that relationship there of, of master and owner uh, or master and pet. Um, is that something that that's, exists on the other side where uh, once an individual passes away, sometimes you're met back again with your pets, you know, that may have been waiting for you? What, what, what's your opinion on that? I believe so, yeah. I definitely, it's going to, you know, come down to your connection and bond with certain animals. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be that you yourself connected with that animal, but that animal connected with you. Um, so there, there's that too. There's a lot of variables when it comes to a, a lot of things with this. But um, yeah, I, in my experience, I've seen where, you know, I've been doing readings for people and the dog comes forward first before the, the loved one. And, you know, maybe it's because they know that I can connect to them and it's a little bit easier for me to connect to them, uh, even in, in spirit form. But, you know, it's, they're kind of, they've definitely stuck around and, you know, they show their support. It, it's possible that maybe they're, um, become kind of a, a animal spirit guide too in the sense that they they were brought here to guide you or protect you or give you some sort of you know emotional healing or you know whatever it is that they were supposed to give mm -hmm. let's talk about astral projection a little bit and i want to first go back to you had mentioned earlier in your story of as a child you'd be in bed and then your mother would be out in the other room and then she'd see you and say okay go back to bed but you in fact had never gotten out of bed you had been astral projecting yourself into a place where she could see you and she just chewed you away as if you were actually there um tell me about that experience a little bit did did, did your mother actually did, i'm assuming she saw you and then assumed you were right there yeah, so she, you know, it, it didn't really, she didn't, like, get mad or anything like that. Like, it, it wasn't like we got talked to for traveling while we were sleeping. But she uh, she caught on really quickly. And, you know, out, over time, she just kind of stopped really paying too much of attention to it. Unless there was, like, you know, if she heard the footsteps or the, you know, the fridge opening or something, then she would, you know, pay a little bit more attention when there was something that was a little bit more physical going on. Um which I don't remember, you know, in my experience, my, my siblings might have a different experience, but in my experience, I don't remember ever n not being, I guess, like awake in, in the astral field like that, where uh, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I never remember um, waking up to, to get out of bed. It was always astrally, so... And that's very interesting. I mean, it sounds like she was almost understanding and accepting of this concept, and it wasn't a foreign thing to her. 
uh, that that you and your siblings were doing this. Yeah, my mom, um, she also has abilities. Um, she's very connected to her brother uh, who, you know, they they were for the most part, all that each other really had in her childhood. And um, so they're, they're pretty connected and uh, all they have to do is really think about each other and they know to pick up the phone and call or, you know, that something's going on. So she's, she's got abilities just as much as the, you know, me and my, my siblings. Um, I honestly, I believe that my abilities come from, um, we're descendants of corn planter, chief corn planter, and his brother is handsome Mike. And so I believe that that's where a lot of our abilities come from because he was known as being the uh, prophet for the Senecas. And so that, that to me, that kind of lines up, makes, makes sense of it. Walk us through a little bit of, of, of what it's, it's like to astral project. I mean, this sounds like it's something that for you has just always been part of life. So it may be difficult at times to, you know, take it from a perspective of someone who's never done it to explain what it's like just because it's, it's always been, been there for you. But I'm sure you've been asked that question before. What is the process of doing such a thing? So I actually have uh, started a meditation class for this. Um, I've also done a couple of um, uh, experiments for it. I've, I've taken it very scientifically, um, the experiments. Um, of course, I don't really have a scientific explanation for it just yet, but um, I guess that's really what we're all kind of, uh, what our goals are in this field, you know, for what it's worth. And so you can do this through... Uh, meditation or you can do this through dream um, it can happen spontaneously or it can happen you know, with control it can happen because of trauma you know really what it is is an out-of-body experience mm-hmm. um, and so it it can happen in a lot of different things you know a lot of people will astral project when they you know are just you know, we're in a car accident or something traumatic is happening and they, they say, you know, I saw this in third person. Well, that's, you know, what, what you're doing is astral projecting or, um, like with me, I, I tend to go through dream a lot of the times. And even knowing that I do have a bit of control, I do still have times where it's very spontaneous. Um, the trick with that is recognizing when you're doing it. Um, and I, I've had the, the question of, I don't know where the, the line is drawn from actual astral projection and uh, dream walking because I do go through dreams. Um, but I, I guess that'll be something I'll, I'll have to dive into a little bit more for. But the, uh, the astral projection, I started with lucid dreaming uh, when I really tried to learn it and control and like when I understood what I was actually doing I started taking steps to have control over it and uh, I started with lucid dreaming um, that's going to be different for everybody but for me I, I started with trying to bring an object into my dream um, and you know it, it can be anything it's just a it's just something for your brain to kind of look out for and pay attention to and then you use that as a a trigger that you're dreaming 
um, this will, I used to have really terrible nightmares too growing up. So this helped me kind of learn that it is just a dream. And then once you know that you can kind of change things and that's what, where it becomes lucid. When someone is astral projecting, whether it was by choice, they tried to do it, or it just kind of happened uh, in a sleep state or meditative state, and they've, they've projected themselves into an area with other people in it, uh, are the other people able to pick up on the fact that there is another energy there that has been projected there? I know you had mentioned your mother had seen you as a child when this was happening, but is it always the case where others are able to witness that person that has uh, astral projected themselves? I think it really depends on how sensitive they are to things. I mean, uh, and it might, it might even come down to what their uh, actual bond is with you. Like, you know, for my mom, like her, my mom's kids are her life. Like, she wouldn't be breathing if it wasn't for us. Like that's how she feels. So she has such a, a love and a bond with us that that could be a factor into it. But I think definitely having a little bit more of a, a psychic ability or, you know, sensitivity to things is definitely going to, you know, make a, a huge difference. Um, and also the um, strength that the, the uh, control is for the astral projector. That's probably also going to be a, a factor. But I, for my experiment, what I was able to do was actually come through. Um, I'll, I'll walk you through the, the experiment. It'll, it'll just make explaining a little bit easier. So I stayed at home and I was being monitored uh, via uh, Facebook Live. And I had a team, uh, Buffalo, uh, Buffalo Niagara Paranormal. And they went to a location that I had never been to. And before the experiment, we set up a code word, which was dragon, um, because again, I, I connect to dragons. And my goal was to go to that location that I'd never been to before and come through their spirit box. And they, they knew this, we were all, you know, we were all ready for it. And, you know, they watched me go into the meditative state, which was something new actually for me, because I do typically just go through uh, sleep and I did I, I ended up coming through their their spirit box they heard me say dragon and then they actually they heard me say it's me K um, the interesting thing about it was when I came back through uh, out of the meditation my my voice was hoarse as if I had been laying there screaming and it it took so much energy to be able to say you know just those few short things and uh, the code word dragon was fairly, fairly loud, but um, it's me. K wasn't, I felt like it wasn't as loud as, you know, what I, I was trying to project. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was kind of a, an interesting thing, which has opened up a, a ton more of questions for me when I am doing investigations. But um, so to answer your question, with the use of uh, equipment, it you can certainly communicate with somebody through astral projection mm -hmm. that is awake. Um, yeah. It, Did, when you, when you came out of that state, uh, and after you had delivered that message, did you have any recollection of, of trying to do this, of trying to communicate through that spirit box or when you had come out of it, was it just like, okay, I'm out of it. I don't know what just happened. I, I did remember. I also, um, remembered certain things that were in, in the, uh, 
the location. So I had seen like cases of like like a short bayonet type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I was trying to describe it to him, and uh, the one of the uh, investigators, uh, Tom, he was like, "Yeah, they actually they have things like that here." And like he started to kind of talk to me a little bit about things and. Yeah, it was it was a very cool uh, experiment. I was very very happy of how it went. It it definitely you know put things out there a little bit more for me too because it I you know it could not have went so well, but um, I was very very pleased that it did. Um, as anything though, I I definitely want to uh, conduct the experiment a little bit more. I, there's a ton of variables that can go into this. Like um, there's a theory that thunderstorms and uh, certain times of the year uh, are easier for, you know, and more active for spirit. So I want to kind of play around and see if that has any, you know, bearing on astral projection too. Which would make some amount of sense there. More energy in the atmosphere and maybe that, that helps it amp it up, almost almost like a battery. When you, you recall the astral projecting, you recall that experiment specifically, and, and you had that recollection of the bayonet-like uh, uh, instrument that was in the other area. As you're recalling those memories right now, as a fully awake and conscious individual, are the memories almost like just your, your regular memory of looking around the room and remembering what it looks like to look around the room? Or is it almost as if you're wearing uh, you know glasses that are, are fuzzy or with blinders or... or, or a, difficult vision where you're picking up on things but you're not quite getting all of it paint for us that picture of of what it is like to recall those moments uh, when you've projected yourself somewhere Um, it's really just like a a normal memory Um, I just see it how I I see Mm -hmm. yesterday you know it's it's just a a normal image Mm -hmm. um not like I don't really I don't see any tunnel vision or anything. I mean, I guess if I think about it, I can make myself see the tunnel vision. But, mm-hmm. um, but no, it 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 just looks normal, like clear as day. I guess. Yeah. Do you have a astral projection story that you had uh, written uh, about uh, to me? Would you like to share that one? Yeah. Um, so this one's a little bit creepier. Um, I was, and this is actually what really uh, made my husband uh, become more of a believer. Um, like much, much more believe. Like he can't deny it at all. Um, so I was sleeping, and my uh, my family, like my mom and my dad, they have uh, health issues, and so I was, I wanted to travel over there and you know, check on them. Uh, it's a very common thing that I do just because, you know, I, I do worry about them. And uh, it did first start happening uh, spontaneously because of that emotion with it that I I felt the need I needed to go over there. Um, and so I, I was doing this and I was standing in my mom's kitchen and she was making coffee, which is not an abnormal thing. She s- stays up all night and drinks coffee whenever she feels she wants coffee. Um, so it wasn't abnormal, but I knew that this was different. You know, it was going to be like when I was little, she was going to turn around and she was going to see me. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of, I was very excited. And, um, 
because you know it, it wouldn't have proved anything to the world but it would have proved that I can still do that with you know with me and her mm-hmm. and um, she just as she was turning around I was like zapped somewhere else I don't know what other like term to really use for it but I was zapped somewhere else and the location that I ended up at it was like a huge panic like the you know when like a house is on fire or something like just a huge amount of panic and there were other uh, either spirits or astral projectors that were there that were trying to get away from this location that were having a hard time and I started trying to help people get out um, and uh, I turned around and there was this like machine there that was kind of like pulsating like a little bit with like electricity type of like look and it was this device that this guy had built to it kind of like a magnet. Um, but as I, you know, I saw it, I tried to leave and the guy pull, uh, guy that was actually there, he pulled me back down to the ground, which hurt like a lot. I don't know if this guy was like a psychic or, you know, if he knew that, you know, he could do this. Um, so I didn't really know what was going on too much at the time, but I, you know, tried to leave, but he said, wait, before you go, where are you located? And he said, are you on Indian soil? And I, you know, to me, cause I'm native American that, yeah, I am. I'm on Indian soil. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I, you know, he let me go after that. I woke right up and I was like super panicked. I immediately woke up my husband and I told him this guy, he's going to He'll be able to find me. I know he will, and he'll do this within a couple of days. And sure enough, you know, I think it was like a Wednesday, and on Friday, this guy had found me on Facebook. And, you know, I was very, very cautious. You know, I'm like, okay, who are you? And, you know, like, why why are you trying to talk to me? The first thing he wanted to talk to me about was astral projection. And he started talking to me about how he um, has been working on a device um, that his, you know, it was started with, you know, his grandfathers that were working on this device to make somebody astro project like on demand. Like you're standing, they're able to pull your body or pull your soul from your body and make you astral project right then um, with the goal of having like an astral projection uh, army or, you know, spies type of deal. Mm-hmm. And I told him like, I'm not helping you with this at all. Like it's just, it doesn't even sound ethical at all. Like it's not something that should be done. And then he started getting very like, aggressive about things and he started telling me you know like he's a um uh, hindi black magic practitioner he can do all this stuff and really you know kind of threatening me really and so i you know took a step back i uh found a friend who's also a uh shaman and he um he's a he's a indian shaman and he helped me kind of understand what was going on he explained to me that during the time of the the nazis they actually did a lot of expeditions into india and they had a lot of projects like this that you know they were trying to do and so it this type of thing stems way 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 back and that there are still 
uh, organizations that are trying to fulfill these projects. Um, so he helped me uh, with, you know, metaphysically with uh, rituals and stuff. He helped me put up blocks and protections. Um, and then I also sought help from a uh, another, um, like, uh, I'm not really sure what you would call her, like a medicine woman. And uh, she did a despojo ceremony, uh, which helps get rid of any attachments, uh, specifically negative attachments. And um, so I, I did have to really get into a lot of a lot more type of protection other than just sage and, and things like that um, because of the this guy. But that was probably the, the scariest astral projection you know mm-hmm. uh, experience that I've had and it definitely it definitely uh, gets my hairs up a little bit just you know even talking about it because it I don't know what this guy what his intentions are with you know with doing it but it doesn't really sound good at all to me well it, it, it's such a personal experience to begin with and then to have the idea that there's a third party that's able to somehow hijack into that that's a very scary proposition and to try to understand how or why this is going on i mean that that just that really blows blows one's mind when the, the when you did the protection to, to stay away from this individual? How did the communication end? Was it uh, as simple as Facebook block or, or did he continue to try and, and communicate? Um, so he like right after that, he started to, um, well, he, he learned that I was also a, a witch, um, because of just, I guess, scrolling on my Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he started to talk a little bit nicer, a little bit. Um, I don't know if he was just trying to, like, sweet talk, if you will. Yeah. Um, but he, you know, I told him, like, please stop. Like, you know, I'm not interested in what you're selling. Like, please yeah. stop talking to me. And, I, you know, I used the word stop harassing me. And because it was every single day. Yeah. Um, and he blocked me. Okay, well, <laughs> so I, you know, but what I did, uh, because even though a person blocks you, you can still, um, Facebook has a, a nifty little feature where you can save all of the, uh, messages. Mm-hmm. And so I, I did make sure to kind of do that because, you know, when you do certain things like this, it, it, I think it's necessary to have that because this is one heck of a story to just kind of make up too. um, Sure. So, yeah, so I, I definitely wanted to have that backing me a little bit that that actually did happen. That wraps up part two of our conversation about animal spirits and astral projection. A big thank you to Casey Colburn for joining us and sharing her story on the program today. Until next time, for the Grave Talks, I'm Tony Bruschi. Thank you for listening and thanks for your support.